0: Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. It is 13 minutes after 10 o'clock. Good evening and welcome to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Uh, Thank you so much for your time this evening. An inconclusive AGOA agreement? Is it going to expire? Is it going to be extended when it expires in September 2025? Why was Niger and Uganda uh, amongst other countries, Central African Republic as well, expelled from the benefit of the agreement? What was the thinking behind it, but more specifically, um, what is to be done about the real political differences and tensions that exist? Did, for instance, the recent, let's call it a rift, if you will, between South Africa and the United States of America spill in through the conference mood and conversations? Did it at all influence the nature of the conversations and the tone with which those discussions were held? Those are some of the questions I have top of mind. Um, and I'm pretty sure you have those same sets of questions as well. So let me know what your thoughts are on 86 2032 Our guest for this conversation is Professor Cyril Mbata, who is the Director of the Institute of Social and Economic Research at Rhodes University. Dr. Mbata, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome to Night Talk. Seems like we don't have our guest on the air just yet. Uh, while we connect to our guests, just a reminder what that number is. It's 86 000 2032 086-000-2032. I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107, 614, 104 107, 0614 104 107. Uh, we, seems like we have Dr. Mbata on the line now. Prof, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome to Night Talk.
1: Hi, good evening.
0: Yes, thank you. Let's let's start here, Prof. And and, I mean, this is the real elephant in the room, right? It's a bit unusual that a conference or a summit of this nature would have concluded at the time it did. And there is no consensus about whether or not it will once again be extended. Uh, Member states are left worrying about that. Um, But there are conversations about if it should be extended, what the next iteration of it should look like. What, what, do you think it's perhaps concerning for the future of Goa that this summit was a, unable to conclude whether or not it should have been extended?
1: Hi. Um, <clears throat> yes. No. 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 I don't think. Uh, yeah. I don't think that should be worrying uh, because the aim of the forum itself was not to discuss the nitty-gritties of. Um, the agreement itself. In fact, it's not even agreement. This um, it's it's a developmental aid, really. Yeah. Where one country is uh, giving benefits um, for um, Sub-Saharan countries to export to the US at no tariffs um, for about more than four thousand product lines, um, whilst the US itself um, faces uh, WTO. Normal tariffs when exporting to, yeah. so it's not reciprocal in that sense. So it's not an agreement in the true sense of the word of of of, of like bilateral or multilateral, multilateral agreements where they are reciprocal in nature. This one is uh, meant to support African countries um, to to develop their markets, to develop their products, to add value um so it's an industrial strategy really as well as a political tool uh, like i said um in one of the articles that i wrote yeah
0: yeah uh, president Ramaphosa implicitly makes the argument last week that there's a level of incongruence in the benefits that accrues from 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 the agreement in that what ec- african countries are exporting into the u.s um are raw materials in the main which are processed there and then they import back into the countries Um, uh, find, uh, you know, complete products that that carry a a greater deal of benefit. Um, And it's important then that we ask the question, has the benefit been incongruent?
1: Yes, so that's the problem really with many uh, African countries in the sense that um, the, the industrial capacity is not well developed enough uh, to add value to raw materials and natural minerals for example and the problem is not only with regard to the us but it's also with regard to china which is very extractive in its sense so um, lots of uh, minerals are extracted from the continent and exported to um, various destinations and then they come back as finished goods So that's really a structural problem that's faced by many African countries. And one of AGOA's aims is to try and and develop uh, the industrial capacity, like I said earlier on. Um, That's why I say that um, the the Africa Free Trade Agreement is much more aligned with uh, agreements like AGOA, or also the IPAs, uh, economic partnership agreements uh between the sub-saharan countries with the eu because um whilst the, there's a focus on economic um activity or economic trade but there are also the expectations or uh support for, for to develop markets um and develop the capa- the manufacturing capacity of, of of many african countries so um, free Africa trade is much more aligned in terms of, of their objectives with those, but not so much with, with China. Um, so the challenge posed by um, the competition that the EU and the and, and the US are facing now on the continent is the growth of China, which has taken advantage uh, of these raw materials being exported to China. So that is reason to worry for Americans, because really Chinese um, exports um, or rather African exports into China have grown uh, most of the um, growth and economic growth in Africa in the last 15 years to 20 years has really been on the coattails of China's growth
0: yeah.
1: and this extraction of uh, of minerals. So, so I mean you can imagine that many African countries That don't have long-term strategic goals at economic development would take advantage of what China provides to the continent as opposed to these expectations that are imposed by, especially AGOA, because the demands from AGOA are not only economic, they are also political in nature, you know? Um, so the expectation is that there sh- not only should there be free markets, but there also should be a rule of law. Um, human rights should be observed.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I just want to just want to pause there before we circle back to some of the uh, qualifying criteria or expulsionary criteria. Uh, that, you're, that you're itemizing there. But before we, we, we get to that, perhaps to circle back, in what ways, um, and, and, and I, I, I don't know if there's a brief answer to this, but in what ways does the Africa continental Free Trade Agreement speak to the current framing of AGOA in, in, in harmonic ways that make it easier for African countries to trade with each other and extract that value, but for that, tr- for that value, uh, trade value and extractive value to translate and transfer over into AGOA or vice versa?
1: So um, the nature of the, or rather the expectations from free Africa trade is that there should be more integration on the continent. Initially, it was like a tripartite agreement that just looked at three regions on the continent, but then there was a big jump um, about uh, 10 years ago, um, skipping that jump from uh, establishing three, um, three regions uh, 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 for trade to a fully continental um, agreement. The idea there is that uh, African countries um, do not charge any taxes or any tariffs on goods that are produced on the continent. So, um, and South Africa, I mean, the argument has always been that South Africa, because it's got a higher capacity, higher level of, um, a higher capacity to develop, I mean, to, to produce, manufacture, finished goods, Uh, would tend to benefit the most or rather those big countries they're normally called cancer countries it would be south africa uh, kenya nigeria and egypt they are more developed countries on the continent and they would be able to export their goods free of charge to the rest of the continent whilst taking advantage of um, imports from other african countries um and with the realization that the level of development is not even amongst these African countries, there's an understanding that, with free Africa trade, some countries would be given a way to protect their markets, um, not to face so much competition from bigger countries. Uh, you can imagine when you are opening up your market and you're not, you don't charge any taxes for goods that are coming in. Um, those incoming. Uh, goods from other countries would just kill local industry. So the smaller countries' um, discussions right now in the implementation process is that those um, those vulnerable eco- uh, uh, sectors in smaller countries are protected for a number of years. Uh, tariffs are not re- removed completely or all, all at once. So it's a staged approach to give allowance for these uh, sectors to grow, to industrialise, for them to be more competitive, so that is very much in line with um, the aspiration for AGOA, that which is uh, um, uh, looking at um, pr- promoting industrialization on the continent. So, a phased approach uh, to allow smaller countries to develop their markets, to develop their sectors, whilst protecting them for a time being. Um, um, the the hope is that uh, there will be more. There would be more uh level of uh, industrialization in, in African countries and then the trade would be more on an on an even on an even ground yeah, yeah. so, so that, that yeah so that is very much aligned with what the Americans are trying to do in terms of markets but agoa has got other added um
0: conditions if you, um, that- if you look at the emerging economies on the continent, such as South Africa, Mauritius, Ghana, Uganda, well, now exclusion exclusion of Uganda, uh, perhaps Rwanda and, and and Kenya, Nigeria as well, um, can you? Is there enough data, tr- trade data or otherwise, that retrospectively can help us make a value judgment about the benefits and and and. Uh, usefulness of go as a trade agreement. Is there enough data that's able to help us make direct linkages between AGOA and trade under Goa versus the development of specific industries in emerging markets and the creation of new industries that previously did not exist in those particular markets?
1: Uh, I'm not sure on your last part uh, of the question, but on the first part, yes, there is well-trade data that can can show you how much trade flows um, began. Yep. emerging after a two, uh, year 2000 with the uh, the, the adoption of AGOA and then you can separate the countries um, that were uh, the initial beneficiaries of agoa from those that uh, were not included at the beginning, and then you you can look at the trade uh, trade patterns in terms of product flows from those countries into the US and how much AGOA had contributed to um, 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 the trade value from those countries. But in terms of whether um, there has been the other added expectations of industrialization, uh, that's more difficult, Um, that would be more difficult. But I mean, the the anecdotal evidence, especially around Kenya, is that AGOA has helped Kenya in developing its uh, manufacturing of apparels, uh, goods going into Kenya and in South Africa. The, um, the evidence shows that Agoa has allowed more of our automotive industry um, products there are being exported, exported to the US. So, so the first part, yes, they, it's clear. The second part, uh, um, one has to extrapolate. Uh, in terms of what has happened. And I think you can use the difference of what has happened in the countries that have been beneficiaries from the start against those those that have not been at the yeah. beginning and look at, at what has happened there in terms of trade as well as in terms of industrialization.
0: Yeah. Um, and just, and, and and importantly to this is, of course, the next iteration of Goa is once again going to be entirely at the discretion or, uh, you know, political framing and imagination of lawmakers in the U.S., right? Uh, to, to the extent that that's the case, from what you had outlined, some of the uh, thinkings are around the protections of uh, smaller economies, giving them time and space to be able to establish markets and, uh, and industry uh, and to find, within, whether in the Africa Free Trade Agreement or any of the other uh, trade agreements that they're locked into, to find some level of uh, base and support and, and stability in that, um, you know, and then opening itself up to all the rest of it. Uh, are American lawmakers likely to be sensitive uh, to that uh, sort of context And if not, are there ways in which African nation states can lobby, and I I hate using the word lobby here, because it really is an educational exercise, but to lobby lawmakers in that sort of direction?
1: That's, yeah, that's, that, that's not, that can't be applied to AGOA. Like I said, AGOA is a developmental aid. So it's not a reciprocal uh, trade agreement where Americans gain something yeah. um, at an economic level. and the trade-off is at a political level where Americans want to see a more uh, liberal demo- democracies with values that are aligned um, with the U.S., rather with the Western world, Western democracies. That's really the main aim, actually, of a is to try and ensure that values in africa uh democratic values or political values in africa are more aligned with um american american so so the idea that they would give so so, 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 so um, Prof, just
0: to understand you correctly d- despite the the, the 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 sort of one traffic way one way traffic nature of of the agreement that the trade-off for the u.s is entirely political and ideological
1: the the trade for americans of course they are receiving uh uh, uh the, the 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 american americans trade is always um two way trade is always good you know for for both countries that are trading especially where taxes have been removed especially specifically for consumers but for american producers goa is not that good yeah because suddenly taxes have been removed. So there's an influx of goods into America at lower costs for consumers. So the beneficiaries of AGOA in America are American consumers. Of course, there would be lobbyists. Some some of the companies in America might lobby against some of these benefits. The trade-off there then, that's why I say the main trade-off excluding American consumers would be at a political level. Yeah. That's really, if you look at the conditions for countries that receive the benefits of Agowa, the conditions are very political.
0: Yeah. So, so so, to this now, the expulsion of Uganda is one that makes almost immediate sense, right? They passed a anti-homosexuality law that most of the world seem to um, have thought of as particularly egregious, and we're talking here about the death penalty if you're uh, found to have transgressed that particular law in Uganda uh, and that's part mm-hmm. of the anti human rights approach that the Ugandan uh, lawmakers are taking right now is that the sole reason for its expulsion
1: well I, I don't know if it's a sole reason but it could be one of the reasons because it's a political reason yeah. and is particularly not aligned with political values that are tried that that America is trying to um to support or to, to encourage um, amongst uh, African, African governments. I mean, Zimbabwe is on the same list because of its political problems. And most of the countries that have been excluded or expelled from Agora, it's mainly been for political reasons. They don't qualify based on the politics that are taking place there. Um, but if you, if if the 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 I think the leverage right now for African countries really um, is that Amer- America is quite worried about the growing influence, uh, the, com- the competition that's coming from from the East. Now from Russia is added from BRICS from China. That's yeah. really the main worry, the influ- influence that's coming from those countries onto the continent. Would African countries be able to use that worry? Um, in Congress to try and uh, push for more uh, flexibility in terms of the conditions on which they get the AGOA benefits. Um, I think if maybe Congress was mostly Democratic, uh, I would say probably yes, but currently with a Republican Congress, um, which is responsible really for any reviews or renewal of AGOA being Republican, I don't i don't think that africans would be able to push uh, congress to for example extend uh, um renew agowa to be um an agreement that's over t- a 10 year period when yeah. by law it should be renewed every 5 years so so i mean there is some uh, leverage that african countries have given the worry of um chinese influence brics influence political influence in the continent as well as uh, uh, economic competition that's posed by uh, those forces but i don't think re- republicans might consider those um at the moment yeah. so so yeah there is a possibility in the future i mean there's also just the worry that uh from african countries that they know now whether or not they, they, their benefits would be renewed in 2025. They want that assurance right now. Um, I mean, they can uh, lobby for that. Um, I'm not so sure that Republicans would, you know, because they want to see the payoffs because really, Agora, they think of it as money of uh, uh, American citizens that's going into Africa in the form of some kind of a development developmental aid yeah and they want to see political benefits for that
0: yeah prof we're gonna to have to leave you there thank you so much for your time this evening i really really do appreciate it um these insights were incredibly incredibly valuable i'm taking your reactions to that zero six seven one zero eight one triple uh zero uh eight sorry my apologies i'm mixing up the two numbers zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. That's our WhatsApp voice note line. You can send us a call on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. That was Prof Cyril Mbata.